that the IQ level is lower, if a new lower IQ level from normal. And we all have autoimmune problems in one form or another. Quite amazing what science has done to us, isn't it? Everyone is getting cancers, and that's normal too. Everything's suddenly normal. We have been bioengineered. We have been under bio-warfare attack from all these agencies that are now authorities that are set up to help us. And we'll be back with more about this after this break.
and he, he's a geneticist, and he also uh, put his weight behind it, like, so what, what's the big deal? Well, guess what? The Canadians seem to be in the first ones, too. They've been tested with the clones, cattle, and pigs probably, too, and so on. We've been eating it for a few years, and we weren't told. You know, democracy is wonderful. Why don't you go and vote, eh? What a scam. What a scam. And this is from, this is from Wednesday, September the 10th, in the Gazette. The Gazette. I just broke out this particular story. And it says here, Are we ready for dining on clones? No labels on clone food in U.S., FDA says, by Alex Roslin, the Gazette, published Saturday, September 6th. Canadians may have been consuming food from clones for years without knowing it, despite a Health Canada ban. Well, don't let that stop them, eh? That's one of the surprising revelations, very surprising, from documents on cloning from the Canadian Food Inspection Agency obtained under the Access to Information legislation. About 800 clone dairy cattle produced through an early version of cloning called embryonic cell nuclear transfer and from embryo splitting have been registered in Canada since the 80s, said a CFIA background paper, cloning, written in 2006. Says the CFIA paper said food from these clones may be sold to Canadian consumers. There is generally no restriction on the marketing of products or byproducts or the progeny of animal clones that are produced using the embryo splitting technique in Canada or elsewhere, it said. The CFIA paper didn't say whether milk from the cloned cows was indeed sold to consumers. An agency spokesperson didn't respond to a request for comment. Well, they don't have to. They're above that, aren't they? They're above responding to the public, all these you know, civil servants and so on. Health Canada, however, says no food from clones, including embryonic cell nuclear transfer clones, may be sold in the country. It doesn't say they won't be. They say it may be sold in the country. It shouldn't be on the market, said Paul Duchesne, a department spokesman. Embryonic cell nuclear transfer was used in the 80s and 90s, but was replaced in the mid-90s by an improved technique called somatic cell nuclear transfer cloning, which replicates an adult animal instead of an embryo. Donald Coover, a Kansas veterinarian who said he has sold clones and their semen to farmers in the U.S. for years, said hundreds of embryonic cell nuclear transfer clones were produced in the U.S. and that their meat and milk quietly entered the U.S. food supply without any official safety review. You see, when you see that happening, as a must be, there's another reason behind it, and we'll find that health-wise down the road, not too, not too shortly either. He said very likely the same thing happened in Canada. Nobody at the time made a big deal about it. This is from the agencies, all these multifarious agencies that won't let you get vitamins shortly. And they check into everything else, but they just didn't make a big deal about this thing at the time. And now that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has okayed cloned food for human consumption, the CFIA again seems to have no plan for keeping it out of the country, according to an internal email sent by a manager at the agency. CFIA has no specific regulatory controls for animal clones, said the email from February the 14th. 
months after the FDA's decision last January. There are no special tracking provisions. The issue of tracking food from clones is complicated by the fact that the FDA had decided not to label the food. And there's no way to test whether a particular animal is a clone. Now, that's utter lies because they've been tagging, they made it law to tag all the cattle and all the, all the animals uh, over a year ago. So they've been doing that. They know exactly where they come from. All we've had are some preliminary discussions on the feasibility of detection, said a CFIA official who spoke off the record because she's not authorized to talk with journalists. Nothing has been put in place and no policies have been created around that. So, there you go. We're just, we're just, we're not just guinea pigs. I'll tell you why we're not, we're not guinea pigs. You see, they know what it's going to do to the human body. We've been bioengineered for a long time. They know exactly what it will have in effects on the human body. It's just like the cloned and spliced potatoes they gave us, all the different uh, things they put into the new potatoes, even though they were causing tumors in rats and mice, they, they waved it ahead for the humans. And look at the effects, look at the cancer rates shoot up. There's hardly a person that today that's not on Zantac. Quite amazing, isn't it? And then you go to uh, all the other articles that they've got out on on food. As they push for us all to become vegetarians, you probably all know that the United Nations has come out, the top guy in the United Nations, in charge of the global warming debate, and he's, and he's said that we're going to stop eating meat. I told you years ago that was their agenda. They must make you stop eating meat because they're copying the old system of India where the Brahmins had all the peasants, dumbed down and stupid, pretty thin and weak, and they couldn't think too clearly about how they were dominated. It works very well. And here, it's, here it is here. Sean Meat says UN climate chief. This is from the BBC, I think. And what date is on this? September the 7th. Uh, Richard Black. People should consider eating less meat as a way of combating global warming, says the UN's top climate scientist, Agendra Pachori, which is an intergovernmental panel on climate change, the IPCC. This is this big official body that's going to change our whole way of living. This bunch that they're absolutely convinced is climate change and that we're causing it. But it's kind of odd because if you look back in the old school books, school books, primary school books, uh, they'll tell you that the scientists had said when I was young uh, that they'd already found out there was 100 or maybe 150 ice ages before us with massive warming periods in between. There's never been stability. And most of these ice ages happened before there was any humanity on the planet. So uh, this uh, Rajendra Puchari will make the call at a speech in London on Monday evening on this very topic. The UN figures suggest that meat production puts more greenhouse gases into the atmosphere than transport. I wonder if they're also including all the, the, the planes that are spraying spray the sky with all this goo that comes down and alters the weather. But a spokeswoman for the UK's National Farmers Union said methane emissions from farms were declining. Dr. Pachori has just been reappointed for a second six-year term as chairman of the Nobel Prize-winning IPCC the body that collates and evaluates climate data for the world's governments. See, here you have a bunch now in charge of the world's climate at the United Nations 
And every federal government has their own department that's subservient to this IPCC at the United Nations. This is how they dominate the world. It's quite easy. Centralize, centralize, get everyone to, to go through treaties into a system, and then you put your bosses in at the treatment of guys who are in charge of the treaties at the United Nations. The UN Food and Agriculture Organization has estimated that direct emissions from meat production account from 18% of the world's total greenhouse gas emissions, he told BBC News. That's a lot of hot air to me. I'll be back with more after these messages. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, yeah. Hi, good evening. Um, great show. Um, 
Great material. Um, I'm a first-time caller, and I just have uh, two questions for you. Yeah. Um, the first one is, what's your take uh, against the background of this bioengineering agenda? Yeah. What's your take on Codex Alimentarius, and should oh, we yeah. be afraid? Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt whatsoever. It, it goes along with the, with the the writings of Malthus, Thomas Malthus, in the 1800s, who advocated uh, restricting diets of people, because they knew then that uh, certain vitamins, minerals, and so on, if they were restricted in natural food, would cause people to be rather slow of, of wit, to put it mildly, and easily led, uh, good workers, they'd have enough energy just to work, but not too much to rebel or, or to think too heavily on any particular topic. So we know for a fact that the food we're getting today is, is so processed and that the modified food is so, so deficient in minerals and vitamins on purpose, I guarantee you, uh, that they don't want you being able to supplement uh, through vitamins, etc. unless you have a prescription. That's where it's going to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with the food, um, particularly in the UK, a lot of our food is, in, is imported into the UK. And I imagine all the nutrients and proteins are irradiated out of that food as it's coming into the country anyway. I'll tell you a good little story. There was a company a few years ago, sued in Canada. Their job was to put back in synthetic vitamins that had taken out of the corn for making cornflakes. And they, 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 had, they hadn't fulfilled their contract. They were only putting in about 5% of what they were supposed to do. But what amazed me was why were they taking the natural vitamins out of it in the first place to supplement yeah. it with, with synthetics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, thank you for your uh, response. Uh, moving on to the second one. Um, I don't know whether you're familiar uh, with this um, by-election in the UK recently where the... Uh, Shadow Home Secretary David Davis stood on a civil liberties platform and was unopposed. Is that just an example of controlled opposition? It's hard to say. It's almost like the, I do know that the system that runs this world go through a form of legality where they mock the victim by exposing what's been happening to the victim. So I don't know if the man was serious or not or if he's kept his position or been demoted. Uh, maybe well, that would tell us something. Well, he certainly kept his position because the government refused to start or put up a candidate against him, calling it a publicity stunt. Uh -huh. and, he, and, he, and he went back into Parliament virtually unopposed. Yes. Well, it just seemed ironic um, that he's a member of a government... <clears throat> well, sorry, he's not a member of the government. He's a member of the shadow government. Yeah. And I doubt this um, extra surveillance that's sort of widespread across the UK will change with a change of government and he yeah. appears to be standing on um, a civil liberties platform Yeah. and also I, I believe he has personal relationships with one of the uh, main mouthpieces for civil yeah. liberties ok hold on back after this break you're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. 
And of course, we're talking to Russell from the UK concerning uh, a politician who did come out into the open and say everything which everyone else was talking about on the street. And that was that the UK was losing all of its rights and people, the citizens were losing all of the rights that they were fought for. Uh, they've been scrapped basically by this British type of homeland security. And now it turns out that this particular politician is back in with his boys where he was paid off, who knows, or promised to promotion to a higher position, we don't know. Will he ever speak out again? Uh, we don't know. But um, he did, definitely did verbalize the thoughts of millions of people by stating plainly what, that which they already knew. Okay, Russell? Yeah, hi, thanks, Alan. Um, finally, uh, I'll get off the phone so, I can, so to give somebody else uh, an opportunity to, to call in, but for somebody who's reasonably new to this agenda, researching this agenda, you can end up mind-bombed. Mm -hmm. Do you have any sort of recommended reading that would really give you a, a real shortcut to this agenda and the history of this agenda? Yeah, the, 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 definitely the history of the agenda is written uh, by Professor Carl Quigley uh, in two books. One is called um, The Anglo-American Establishment. It's about the creation of the Cecil Rhodes Foundation, which became the, the uh, Royal Institute for International Affairs, its goal was to be world government. And he goes through uh, the machinations of this group, very powerful, very wealthy, and obviously completely backed by the British system. I mean aristocracy. And uh, he also gives you more in, in the other book called Tragedy and Hope. So he fills in all the blank spots in history over the last 150, 200 years and uh, tells you the whys of things. And he tells you this. He sees it right in it. He says, the new system we are bringing into place with the Council on Foreign Relations and the Royal Institute of International Affairs is a new feudal society where the, the feudal overlords will work with government and they will be, they will be the new CEOs of international corporations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that'll do for me, Alan. Uh, I appreciate you taking this call. Thank you very much. Great show, great material, and keep it going. No, thanks okay. for calling. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll take another long distance. We've got Justin in the UK as well. Are you there, Justin? Hello, Alan. Yes. Hi, how are you? Not so bad. Hi, well, uh, calling from the UK. Uh, the weather warfare hasn't been so intense for the past couple of days, but uh, yeah. there we go, and sure it'll start up again soon. Yes. Um, right, I'll just uh, ask you this quick question. I don't know if you'll be able to help. Um, of course, as you mentioned before, this manifestation of the New Age phenomena, yeah. which various people have mentioned is just, just the old age ideology and philosophy and Eastern mysticism. Mm -hmm. um, you get so many people. I've been involved in it, you know, where people are in different stages of waking up and they yeah. get mired in much of the new age phenomena which says that we are living in a holographic reality that is not real yeah. you know things that you don't have to worry about these manifestations with the global elite you know because we ought to take care of things quite easily yeah, it's all sorts of worrying to things tell you, tell you not to look at the negative <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's the thing i've encountered which i've you know d detached myself from now yeah. um, i was wondering if you could comment on this whole New Age phenomena in this so-called truth movement, yeah. its connections to the term Aryan, which was a pitom 
legitimized in a Nazi regime and how it connects to Hinduism, yeah. Buddhism in the Eastern mystic tradition. I know this is quite a large question, but perhaps you could link things, how it's yeah. manifested from the East through to the Nazi regime and into the modern New Age phenomenon. Yeah, well, there's no doubt that uh, they chose that masonry itself, pre-masonry, is basically formulated on uh, Hinduism. And Madame Blavatsky came out with the secret doctrine, the book The Secret Doctrine, if you want to waste your money on it. Uh, and she was sent out to promote this and to get females into the new female lodges. They're called side lodges, although they have no official credence, and that's from from uh, Albert Pike and um, Albert Mackay, who were the official historians for Freemasonry. They say they've, they've got no official credence. They simply use the females, but they had to get them on board. And Blavatsky said quite openly uh, that she, her job was to blend the religions of the East, she meant Hinduism, with Christianity for the New Age. And that was reiterated in the Scottish Rites Journal uh, called the New Age, the monthly journal back in the 50s and 60s, uh, they said that the same thing, they'd bring this Hinduistic philosophy in with Christianity and merge it and prepare the minds of millions to walk in to the New Age. Um, there's no doubt that Hitler did use theosophy, so did his uh, Himmler. Uh, they were real theosophists, they were total believers in it. Um, Hess, as well, uh, was a complete believer in theosophy. They all had Blavatsky's book. And they did believe that there were four uh, or, uh, previous ages of the Aryan race. And that the end, this is from, from the Brahmanistic uh, books, basically. They believe that there are cycles the world goes through into millions, billions of years. And uh, at the end of each time, those who are most advanced and developed or evolved, evolution is the word that was borrowed by Darwin, uh, they come into the new age. All the inferior types must be destroyed because they will cause havoc if they come into a new age. That's the philosophy this whole new world order is actually running on. Yeah. Yes, indeed, indeed. I did watch a um, documentary earlier, I don't know if you've uh, heard of it, called uh, Gods, I think it's Gods of the New Age. Yes, yes, that's right. Very yeah, interesting I've got the link documentary on, on Hinduism and Hatha Yoga and how very mm. strange behavior. I recommend yeah. anyone to watch that documentary to get a hold on whole Eastern mystic tradition. Yeah, I've got up on my especially. site. I've got the, the link there on my site there. Oh, right. I didn't know. I didn't notice that link. I encountered it somewhere else. Yeah. I, I put it up there for people to go into and have a look-see a look for themselves. They don't realize that, that uh, in, in India, the guru is actually a god. He's classified as a god. Yes. And, and uh, so they want to become gods. And, of course, Shirley MacLaine did it, too, uh, with her books on her becoming a god, you know. And, and so on and so on. But that's the ultimate intent w within this New Age religion. And uh, it's so amazing because when they, when they need a dentist, they have to go and run and get a, a better God than they are, or a doctor, you know, a doctor, a God, that they, they, they can't cure themselves. But they walk around and strut around believing they've achieved complete illumination. It's quite amazing to see the folly of the ego in humanity. Yes. Very good. Uh, one other quick question, I'll leave it to other callers. When Blavatsky talked about this whole thing with the hidden masters, is yeah. it just a rather simple, prosaic explanation for this, is that the hidden masters are simply those who are not seen, who are running this world? Is this what she refers to? That, that's, partly, more... 
that's partly what they believe. Now, uh, that, that is true. You, you have those behind the scenes. Carl Quigley touched on them. They're called technocrats. They're the ones behind the scenes with the real power. They're unelected people, the, the Morris Strongs of this world and Kissingers and so on. But it, they also believe that they're being guided, and Morris Strong definitely believes this. He does all the meditation to these other hidden masters on the other side who have been before and are perfected and live in the spirit realm and channel to him. Uh, they really believe in this stuff. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. And of course, what they believe by those who are back on earth, like Maurice Strong, uh, they were already perfected and they didn't have to come back here. They only came back here to guide mankind. That's what they say. Yeah. Yeah, they came back by choice. They chose yeah. their own life, what they reincarnated as. That's right. Yeah, yeah, like in uh, the end of the Republic is where the whole myth of Ur. Yes. I guess it's a similar sort of scenario with the belief that they can reincarnate as they wish. That's correct, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Alan, well, uh, thanks very much for answering my question. I'll leave it to other callers. And thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye. Bye now. Now I've got Mike in New York. Are you there, Mike? Hi, good evening, Alan. Good evening. Hi. Uh, yeah, Alan, I was just listening to the latest audio download from uh, Red Eyes Creations. Yeah. And I, I, I uh, paraphrased the guy that was talking, but he basically said uh, that a number, a number of researchers kind of get stuck in a global conspiracy paradigm, which results in arrested development, uh, given that this paradigm then becomes their reality and they essentially uh, become stuck and are unable to transcend that thought process. He also made the comment that, you know, a kind of a, kind of a snide comment. He, he said, uh, we all know who these people are, and I took that as possibly a veiled reference to you. Uh-huh. Um, I think... I think he sort of gave it away, though, with his claim that the way out of this is to stop thinking and to let your mind connect with the the sort of uh, nebulous transcendency. Yes, the, the universal consciousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what? Um, yeah, you know. But do you agree, though, that uh, there's a danger of people getting stuck in this? this conspiracy sort of paradigm and they become sort of paralyzed and unable to live their own lives? Well, there are people who become so fearful that they can neutralize themselves out of action. Now, I know who you're talking about because I was asked to join that bunch if I go along with reptiles and tarot cards and shark cards and all that, card sharks. When you say that bunch, are you referring to Red Eyes Creations or...? Uh, Red Ice Creations made a deal with those guys to oh, do yeah, a, yeah. a series of DVDs and so on. Okay. And part of the, the deal was that they get me off the show. Oh, oh, okay. And the reason was because I'd been approached by certain parties uh, in that that particular deal. Um, if I just go along with the space alien agenda and the reptilians oh, and all the rest of it, I'd be sitting pretty and I'd yeah. do very well in life and all doors would open. Mm, And I I said, no, I said, I know you work for MI5 and 6 like Crowley, and I don't want any part of it. Okay, well, that puts that that to rest. I'll uh, I'll get off the phone, and hopefully a guy with an an American accent will will call in. Okay. Okay, cheers. (laughs) Bye now. And now we've got Rick in California. Are you there, Rick? Hi there. Hey, Alan. 
Yes. Hi, there. Oh, no. I am. Yes, um, uh, I have a couple questions I wanted to ask about. Um, uh, you had mentioned on Monday, I think, about the green versus the red international postal money orders. Yes. And I'm wondering, because I sent something in a couple weeks ago, and, and I, hope, I hope I didn't make the mistake and send the green one. I hope I sent the right one. Um, uh, nothing's coming in recently on green, I don't think. Okay. But once in a while, I get it. I send it back, though. You know. Okay. So, so did you get a red one? Because I, I sent one. Sent I get one. more than one red one, but I don't know which one's whose. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Okay. I, just, I want to be sure that I sent the right one. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask about, another thing I wanted to ask about was the, um, the Hadron Collider going into effect at today or tomorrow. Yeah. And... You know, not believing all the all the fear mongering about this going to cause a black hole to eat up the Earth, mm-hmm. but not believing the official story either that it's a study the Big Bang and all that. What is the real uh, purpose behind this? this why that they would take millions and millions from the taxpayers and no. to build a collider? What's the real reason? Well, the first thing they do with anything like this is is weaponry. Uh huh. Weaponry. The military is always the advanced guard, or they are the advanced guard of all research and development for all technologies. And the first application is always weaponry. Mm-hmm. and what can be done with it. But uh, now where I live, not far from me, is a little village called Coniston, and Coniston has the largest, the world's largest underground um, particle beam accelerator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't find an entrance to it. It's been on the news and the whole thing, but you can't find an entrance anywhere, so it must be miles away. And uh, they're also building a large one, a, a surface one, to the north of Sudbury, so this is big. It's big box, but yeah, the first dibs goes into the military always. Yeah. yeah did, did, now, what kind of weaponry would they build with it? Because it, um, how could they contain it if it's you know using a heavy giant ion collider? Would they would they use it to build certain particles to make certain particles so that they could use them, contain them, maybe store them, and then use them on combat fields or something? Or no, I don't think it's so easy to store them. They can certainly use them. But one theory was they can certainly punch holes through mountains with them. Uh, and stuff like that. Um, they're also talking about it being useful uh, in creating underground tunnels, uh, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's a possibility. Yeah. I see. Okay. And then the last question I have to ask is, um, you know, uh, um, it seems like every, every between the ages, um, the, the, there's sort of a blossoming of democracy. Like in the last one was in Greece, you know, yeah. and that, that was between the. Pisces and the Aries, but then the one before that was this, was this uh, Babylonian reformer named Uru Kagina. Mm. He, they said he was the first to govern government. So is it is it um, so we're not, is it that that there's not going to be a, is it that they create democracy or, or or an apparent reform of government in order to create upheaval to change from one age to the other? Uh, they do. There's no doubt that they, they have formula. In fact, if you look at the ancient histories of China, mm-hmm. China had tried. Democracy, fascism, uh, socialism, and all the other isms uh, thousands of years ago. And it's in their histories, which are available. It's quite fascinating. And they know it's a formula. One goes to the next, to the next, to the next. And, uh, and uh, the Greek philosophers also said that democracy always, up, always ends up in, in uh, communism and dictatorship. Yeah. Was the Chinese experiment um, done between two ages as well? Um, between um, well, they, with all well, three thousand uh, um, uh, years ago, the communists were trying all of this, and it's in their official history books. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Alan, for for um, answering my questions. You have okay. good. You have a good day. Bye. All right. Bye bye.
And now there's, there's Bernard in Pennsylvania. Are you there, Bernard? Yes, I am. Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Okay. Um, first question. Um, who authorized Cecil Rhodes to do what he did um, in regard to uh, the furtherance of the uh, British Empire? I have no doubt it, it was from the Crown itself. Okay. You see, it's a great scheme because Cecil Rhodes actually started the South African War. Uh, with, with uh, mercenary troops and so on and when Britain doesn't want to officially be blamed for something they, they use these techniques and his job was to get that whole thing going for the British to come in and take over right. and, and, he, and he had the Jamestown raid they even brought reporters over to lie about it and say that the South Africans had attacked the British right. so they're famous for that so definitely uh, now Cecil Rhodes' organization ends up being the Royal Institute it means it's got an it's got a royal charter to exist by, by royalty. Why is it they always seem to get their funding from Carnegie, Rockefeller, and uh, basically the new money? But you don't, I never Yeah, see well, what that. happened was Pike mentioned this, Albert Pike mentioned this. He said, we shall accumulate money by all means possible, even the stock market, and become the masters over the masters of the world. And what he was referring to was the creation of institutes that would go under the guise of charity. And you'll find the same things from the writings of um, Adam Weishaupt. He, he talked about creating foundations as front groups to fund the NGO organizations. Hold on, and we'll be back after this message. Cutting to the Matrix. Uh, we're talking to Bernard from Pennsylvania, who was talking about the foundations and so on. Well, the foundations are these these institutes that were set up to fund money to organisations which would lead to culture, which would lead the pressure on government to make laws and pass laws, pretending they're on they're speaking on behalf of the public. Uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of non-governmental organisations all get paid full-time salaries. They even have office buildings with pension plans and all the rest of it for these NGO workers funded by these big foundations. That's their function. It's a form of rule of the secret government, the parallel government um, that's outside of democratic input. And when people think that the British Empire gave democracy to the people, that was the big con game. They set up these institutes and NGOs and, and the technocrats as well. Like, like the Strongs, etc., to do the, the real work of real government. They were not going to give up their power over the people so easily, uh, and they never did. So that's what you're seeing today, the manifestation of the same organization. And people are accepting the fact, they're accepting there's no real democracy, they're accepting they should be ruled by their betters, and that was always the intention. Would I be correct in saying then that the... Um the aristocracy, black nobility, etc., they funnel their money into these... Um, yes. These, um, okay, these founders. There's, there's no doubt. In fact, it's part of the wills that, that they put down. When they're brought up to be multi-billionaires, right. you must sign over a good part, most of your will, to those institutes and organizations that made you what you are. I see. Okay. Um, question. Um, if Zionism, with an S, is the real force behind the setting up of Israel... Why is it that Churchill, Roosevelt, and Truman needed the political and financial support 
of the Zionist with a Z or Z? Well, again, the money boys, and I think it's best explained by H.G. Wells when he talked about the necessity to bring the big bankers and the Jewish bankers, he said, into the fold who will come through into the new age uh, to get them on board. He actually classified them as more evolved than others, uh, and that excluded all the, the, the lower class Jews. He's talking about the aristocracy, and, and they also wanted to, to bring in... See, if Britain had gone in and kept a hold of the Palestine area, they would never have got... Uh, they could never have pulled it off for too long. Uh, they would have world condemnation. So the, the trick of putting a people in there and saying we're back home again, it, it really did, even today it still, it still uh, confounds people, this whole plot of bringing in people who literally most of them, including the professors in Tel Aviv have said this, most of, of them in, in present-day Israel uh, have no genetic roots to that area whatsoever because most of them came from the Khazarian Empire, uh, from Russia and, and Poland and so on. And they have no genetic uh, history going back to that area. They adopted Judaism uh, a long, long time ago by order of their king. I read the controversy, and I'm waiting for um, Age of Faith right now. Yes. Uh, and what they did, too, I mean, they set up an Ulster, and that, that's the words of the lieutenant governor general uh, that Britain put in there. Uh, and he said, we're creating an Ulster, right. and which meant a, a place for, for dissension forever as warring factions would, would fight over religion, etc. So it was intentional that they set up a place in there as an outpost. Yeah. Okay, I think that's the end of the show. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. And from Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.